0: Good morning, welcome to the Australian Early Finance Briefing for Saturday the 24th of October. My name's Nick, here in Melbourne, starting with the Qantas AGM, which was held in Sydney yesterday, and the CEO, Alan Joyce, made some interesting points. Firstly, that the airline's only running at 30% of capacity. He had envisaged that that would be at 60% by now, but the outbreak here in Melbourne has slowed all that down. Still, you know, not many flights between here and anywhere else but he sees that that's just a delay, that the impact of that a is $100 million negative impact on earnings, and it may even flow into Q2 as well. He says it's just a timing issue and the upswing will materialize. He sees that domestic travel will really see a boom, and it's beneficial for Qantas because they're so much more dominant in the domestic market than they are in the international market. field players, Far few players with significantly reduced labor costs, like the international overseas airlines that service Australia, so it's it's a great position for Qantas to be in, really. That probably, you know, they would prefer that all, all travel was only domestic. When you think about it from a commercial perspective, so he sees that that well, they said they've done customer research that have found ninety eight percent of the customer base will take a domestic trip within the first year of the borders reopening Um, he says there's a a pent-up demand because there are 11 million Australians that go overseas every year with all their money therefore they're probably going to be wanting to do at least one or two trips here a year. So that's once again bolsters the, the Qantas business case. Now he also mentions, touched on the Virgin Airlines impact. He says that he doesn't see them really impacting their corporate travel market. Because they're sort of moving down market under the ownership of Bain, that they will be far more competitive on the sort of the, the small business and the personal travel segments. But he says that yeah, corporate travel, they think they'll increase their market share to 80%. He also says that he's still very keen on the Project Sunrise going ahead that's the non stop flights from Melbourne and Sydney to London and New York and he sees that there's still a four-class configuration and he says you know, frequent flyers should be saving their points to experience their new first-class cabin experience on the what will be the A350-1000s if that project does, does get up. He doesn't see international travel happening anytime soon. He mentions that New Zealand, Fiji, Singapore, Japan and Korea see some level of international flights next year, but services to the US and the UK would not be expected until late 2021. Moving to the US now and Moderna, manufacturer of one of the leading coronavirus vaccine candidates, has completed enrolment of its 30,000 participant phase 3 trial. They have injected 25,650 of those 30,000 with their second and final dose of the vaccine, and about one third of the total number of participants are people of colour. So positive there, and that does connect a little bit with what Donald Trump said in the presidential debate yesterday, that the Moderna is a leading one, and there will be an announcement in a couple of weeks. So strong news there. That pushed Moderna's stock price up 3.5% on Thursday. And as we've mentioned in this program before, it's up a lot, it's up 262% this year, but that's a lot lower than where it was at its peak, I think back in August. Staying in the US now, an RW Baird, an investment bank that has had a sell rating on Tesla, has switched it back to buy. It's quite interesting seeing their sort of logic behind why they've done this backflip. So as a bit of history, they were very bullish on Tesla for a long time, the electric car manufacturer from California run by Elon Musk. And they earlier this year in January they said it's time to sell, it's cash in on all the gains that have made. Since then, Tesla stocks have risen four hundred and five percent. So they're saying that they've made a me culpa, and their recommendation was clearly incorrect. The justification for going back to a buy and they've lifted their target price now to $488 is that Tesla has substantial access and ability to deploy capital and has multiple ways to drive substantial revenue growth. They say Tesla's competitive moat over its peers is substantial and growing and it's enabled by by rapid capital deployment. And we think it's unlikely traditional original equipment manufacturers (OEMs) will be able to effectively compete over time. So they said we view Tesla as a must-own stock for investors looking for exposure to ESG and disruptive technology trends, which does make sense. You know, as we've mentioned a lot on this program, that there is so much money flowing into anything that can be labeled ESG that names such as this with growth as well, it it, it does seem like it's a a bit of an, an easy win. And moving to the markets now. The US has opened up largely flat for its final trading day of the week. That's your early update for Saturday. Have a great weekend.